Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together for all those that are watching online or perhaps you're listening on the podcast, we do want to welcome you and want to mention that if you're ever in the Charlotte area, stop on by and we will make you feel right at home and welcome here at Hope Covenant, won't we church? Yeah, hey, I want to encourage everybody to stand to your feet this morning. Today's message is called Hope for America and I want to debunk some ungodly beliefs uh, that are that are out there um, in regards to the the trajectory and the narrative uh, for our nation, and I want to. I'm hoping you leave. I'm hoping that's the key word today. Hoping that you would leave full of hope and full of expectation of what God can do over a nation that gets itself straight with the Lord. And so, right now, if you would just lift your hands to the Lord, Father, we right now we welcome your Spirit, and Father, as we as a pastoral team share this message today. I thank you, Lord, that you would speak through each of us. And I thank you, Lord, that you would have your way. This morning, Father, I thank you that truth would go out even over the broadcast and, and into every household and every every car and every vacationer that's out there. Lord, I thank you that this would hit home and stir us and shake us, that we would leave different, changed, full of hope and ready to be a light to the world. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe that, would just shout amen. Listen, how many of you are expecting Jesus is coming back? How many of you are expecting that? I want to encourage you with this. I want to, I want to encourage you to understand this. We need to leave, live ready like he's coming back tomorrow, but live prepared like there could be a hundred years here on the earth. In other words, your lifespan here on earth. And many times I think we, we have a tendency, and I was talking with a family that's here about this recently, have a tendency to go, well, you know, whatever, it, he's coming back. So, you know, you know, whatever. It's, it's just, we're going to kind of go about this in a lackadaisical way. And I want to encourage you, we need to take the moment that we're living in serious because you were ordained for this moment to be here on the earth. I know that doesn't sound profound, but it is. You were called to be here now, not in the 50s or not tomorrow, but this moment right now. And we're going to seize this moment. But I want to read from 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will, everybody say this, heal their land. How many of you would agree we need a healing in our land, in America? We need a healing in this nation. Well, the ingredient is really simple. It's not the end of the world for America if we would just repent. And I want to encourage you, church, the onus is on us to lead this because the world doesn't know what repentance is. And I've said repentance is not a dirty word. It's a wonderful word. And for our nation, if we would just repent, we could see God breathe and fix what looks like is un uh, irreparable. Is that the word, irreparable? Yes. And so I want to encourage you. Liz is going to read a, a scripture out of Jonah. This is, there are nations that have been in this place before. 
of darkness that we're experiencing right now. And so, Liz, if you want to give context before you read that, whatever you want to do here. One of these nations was uh, um, called Nineveh, and there was a king um, over this nation. I was very wicked. And Jonah was commissioned to go and prophesy to this nation because the Lord said, you know, I have seen their wickedness and I'm about to destroy them. You need to go and let them know, give them this warning. And of course, we know the story. Jonah ran, ended up uh, being thrown over a ship, getting swallowed by a fish and then thrown up again on land. And then God told him again, go and tell these people, warn these people, I'm about to destroy them for their wickedness. And finally he obeyed and he went and he prophesied to this nation. And this was the nation's reply. And it's Jonah three, verse five, the Ninevites believed God, a fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least, that means from the King to the very least put on sackcloth. Sackcloth was mourning cloth that they would put on. So they were in a state of first believing God, believing what Jonah prophesied. And then two, they were grieving because of the state of their wickedness. And and I do want to add, notice that they fasted in this moment, which is why I'm encouraging you guys. There's something that happens when we fast and repent. There's something that changes. There's a breakthrough that comes. Yes. And this was the breakthrough. Jonah 3 verse 10. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. So right there, there's, there, he saved the land because of their, their mourning and their understanding that they needed to get things straight with God and they turned to him and then God preserved their land. And I believe, and I want to declare this over America, that there's a revival that's coming to the church, an awakening that's coming to the church, that we would recognize this moment. What does that moment look like? It looks like coming to corporate prayer on Thursday and saying, Father, we repent and we get this straight in our lives. Father, we thank you that you would forgive Give us that, that you would wash us of the of 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 the all of the sin that's in our lives. Listen, I want to say this: until we take it personal, and until we live this in our life, it would be unrealistic to expect the church to live something we're not willing to personally do. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you. It starts with me getting myself straight with the Lord and repenting of what's not right in my life. And that's what happened here. This is the beauty of God's mercy. This is God having mercy, even though he had already said it in his mind, he was already going to do it. It says he relented and did not do what he was going to do, which means there is hope for us, no matter what we do, no matter what we walk through, there is also hope for this nation, no matter how evil, no matter how dark it looks, there is still hope for this nation and for each and every one of our individual lives. I love that. Would you guys welcome Pastor Kieran and Laurel? Well, we'll be reading from Galatians 5.13, which reads, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And this is just, I believe that this is a word Paul wrote to to the church in Galatia, calling them out, but it is definitely a word for, for the Church of America and for America as a whole. And we are in a moment of history in this in, in the US where freedom has become synonymous with selfishness. 
and truth, which has been synonymous with opinion. And it's become so dirtied and muddied in the water that people can't distinguish between what truly, what freedom truly means and what truth really is. And we are seeing this happen throughout the nation and our indulgence in selfish desires and pride without um, regard to, to consequence. And as followers of Christ, the very freedom we are called to and given comes with responsibility. And that comes with the resp responsibility of serving and protecting others and the responsibility of loving others. Christ did not come and say, hey, love yourself as I have loved you. No, <laughs> but rather he said, the greatest command is to love others, and that encompasses the law. And that is in verse 14, right after um, the scripture which we just read. Our freedom is not to be taken advantage of and just lived out just because we see it, it seems enjoyable in this moment, but, but rather we are, we are not to bite and devour each other, which again he says in verse 15, we are supposed to go forward and let his gentleness set us free. Do not devour each other in pursuit of this freedom, but rather bear the burdens and restore each other as we are no longer bound by the yoke or shackles and chains of sin. For Christ says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, removing the very burden of sin from our shoulders. However, when we continually step into a twisted view of freedom, the weight of sin entangles us and causes us to stumble and veer off the path. And this is exactly what Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 talks about. Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So I'm a hiker, I love to hike. For, so for hikes, you typically take a pack with you. Um, the heavier it is means probably the further you're going or you're just really bad at packing. Um, so typically the bigger, the heavier it is, the further you're going. And so I went and decided I was gonna go for this two week hike and I started packing all the things I wanted. I wanted to pack some, some food, some fire kindling, all these things, an ax, all these heavy things. And it was a total of 60 pounds. So I started off on this hike. I've been training for months and start off on the hike 30 miles in, two days in, my knee, I injure my knee going downhill and I have to call off. I have to call my dad, hey, come pick me up. I can't keep walking, every step hurts. And this is, this is what happens when we try and take this burden of sin, when we try and walk with freedom. We say, you know what? I need this stuff. I need to take this with me. It seems like a good idea in this moment, but we put that pack on and we realize, you know what? When, when I move forward, I can't handle this. I can't do this. This sin is way too heavy. And it's such an important thing for us to realize that we think in this moment that we're choosing freedom, we're choosing freedom, but, but God's saying, no, choose my freedom. I'm going to let you, let you loose and let you, let you experience life because of the freedom that I give you and the, the weight that I take off of your shoulders. Walk life with freedom of knowing that Jesus Christ bore the cross for our sins. Not that we continue to sin, but to walk in freedom as to share the weight of others. That, where, that weight you share with others is weightless when we are yoked to Jesus. Our freedom was bought at a price. Let us not squander it. Rather, let us move forward weightless in love with joy 
and filled with compassion. Yeah, and freedom is a gift from Jesus. You know, uh, he has given us the freedom when he died for us so that we could be free from the bondage of sin. Um, The whole chapter five of Galatians is all about the freedom that Christ gives us when we walk with him. And our society and our culture is just so consumed with personal freedoms and what we as individuals have the liberty to do, but it's through this lens of, Uh, with the obsession of a personal gain. And it's actually quite ironic because uh, when we focus only on ourselves, we actually take on this bondage um, and these shackles from, you know, the God of self and pride. And that means that we aren't free at all. And our flesh tells us to do, you know, what's best for us. And but the scripture tells us to do exactly what's opposite of that, Uh, that we should serve each other humbly and in love. And so when Christ died for our sins, he extended grace to cover all of our mess ups. But that doesn't give us the hall pass to do whatever we want or, or just uh, continue to live according to our flesh or what feels good or you know, what we feel like doing. Once we accept Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we have Holy Spirit that comes and dwells inside of us. And we are called to live differently. And in order to do that, we need to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is telling us as he leads us, as he guides our steps each and every, each and every day, each and every decision that we make. Uh, we have to allow him to be the one in control, not us. Just like that song we sang, I surrender all. We need to be willing to surrender everything to Jesus. And this is actually what provides the most freedom. So this chapter continues to talk about all the differences of the flesh and the spirit. Um, Chapter 5 lists out a bunch of acts of the flesh, such as sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, witchcraft, fits of anger, division. It continues to go on. It's not hard to look around and find those around us in society today. Um, And then to counteract that list, uh, it lists the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as we put our reliance and our dependence on God, we become more in tune to the spirit and live according to his word, which will show in our character as we then showcase the fruits of the spirit around us. So the last few weeks, Pastor Adam's messages have been about drawing near to the Lord and taking the pursuit of our, uh, pursuing the Lord in our individual walks. And what that would look like if all of us as individuals did that, the ripple effect, what effect would this church have? What effect would the city of Huntersville, the city of Charlotte, and just kind of ripple all out until the Church of America and just the impact for the kingdom that we would have. And um, I'll end on this, but it's really easy for us in church when we talk about doing the work of the kingdom to just think of, oh yeah, that's heaven, you know, things like that. But actually God is calling us to partner with him now to do his work on earth right now. You know, in the Lord's prayer, Jesus, the example that he gives us is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's just pursue and, um, Enter in and pursue the, what the Lord's will is here on earth. <laughs> well, we serve such a good Heavenly Father, don't we? All of his, his mercy and like Pastor Kieran and Pastor Laurel were talking about, um, and love and, and um, everything that he pours out on us. 
Our God gave us the instructions for life right throughout his word. All throughout his word, he has given us instructions for our life to make it easier on us. And in Proverbs 16.3, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Across history, we see nations rise and fall based on their commitment to God. And it all starts on an individual level. It starts with me, and it starts with you. It is also so beautiful, like Pastor Liz pointed out, to see God's mercy poured out on whole nations who are saved from his wrath because they came to recognize their errors. They repented and recommitted themselves to the Lord. And it's, it's never too late to recommit yourself to the Lord, no matter, no matter what, like Pastor Liz said, you've been through or you, you feel like you've gone through. Um, we can all recommit and serve the Lord in everything we do. I'm raising my hand right now, and I say it starts with me. In my home, I commit to the Lord in everything, every load of laundry, every meal I cook for my family, every school assignment, even the chore I hate the most, which is cleaning the bathrooms. (laughs) And all my fellow boy moms say, amen. (laughs) Um, Every word out of my mouth, every thought in my mind, I committed to the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but I know that God establishing the plans is a big weight off my shoulders. Give it to him and let him do it. And we see how that works out for people, don't we? And how it doesn't when they don't commit themselves to the Lord. I mean, you look around and you see examples on both sides. And we're already seeing the ripple effects from individuals who are committing themselves to God and how contagious it is because God is establishing the plans. And that gives me hope for this great nation of ours. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I wanted to make a a contrast between the the cost of freedom and the cost of salvation, in effect. In this country, when war is waged, we put our army together and we go to war, and We have men and women who die for what we believe in as the principles in our country. So there's a shed blood that takes place, and that is to provide freedom for a nation. Then we look at what Jesus did. Jesus was sent by his father to sacrifice his life and shed blood for all mankind. So the contrast is you've got freedom for a nation, but Jesus, who the effect of what he did eternally is for all humanity. And the scriptures is very clear that Jesus says that not one would be lost. If you think about the awesome contrast between those two things, you see the difference. For me, it's kind of like the spirit and the flesh. It's like what we do as a nation is somewhat in the flesh in comparison to what Jesus did in the spirit. And we get the benefit of all of that without any personal uh, sense of responsibility. So when we talk about simple things like getting together and praying for a nation, we owe that 
to God to be fervent in our prayer that not one would be lost. We need to be burdened in a way that I don't believe we are burdened as it was once upon a time. I think we've taken uh, Christianity casually. We've gotten complacent in who we are and what we are. And it's more about our comfort zones than it is about putting ourselves out for others. Kieran said it, you know, it's about others. It's not about us, but the world we live in, it's all about us. That's all we ever hear about. Everything that you see on social media, all the different avenues of communication are all about us. And we've got to move away from that. Pastor Adam said it clearly. If we don't pray in a way that God sees the earnestness behind the prayer, for him to move, he's not going to move. We can, I believe... This, this is probably pretty controversial, that we could move the hand of God, that we could please him. In the same way we could, he could be displeased and take out a nation, I believe he can restore back to, and that's what he's looking for us as believers. He's, he's waiting on us while we're waiting on him, but we're waiting on a butler if we do it that way. Our goal should be to be students of the word and share our faith with everyone we come in contact with Remembering that the evidence of salvation is good works. Too often, we think, not we, but universally, people think that by doing good deeds, they're good people, by doing good deeds, that earns them somehow a ticket to an eternal life with God. In fact, we, as Christians and as believers, understand that the fruit of our salvation is to do those good works, starting with widows and orphans, and the scriptures are very clear on who's first in line with getting ministered to. And, you know, the poor, he says, will always have with us. So some people say, well, we're kind of defeated then, because what, how can we possibly eradicate this? The goal is not necessarily to, to eradicate it, is to see the soul saved, lives changed, and then we can minister to the poor and the, the, the less fortunate than all of us. So again, making that contrast, we've got God who stands high and mighty, us who have to repent to get closer to him, become more like Christ. And as we become more like Christ and others observe how we operate, how we act, that in and of itself is our personal sermon to each individual out there. And we need to take seriously discipleship and be constantly in the word so that God is renewing. He says he renews our mind daily. Well, that means we've got a long way to go before we ever achieve anything of what we would consider success. So just consider those two options and uh, what it means to us personally. There's a cost for us. Being saved, there's a cost because if we're going to imitate Jesus, he gave up everything for us. So we need to look at it that way. It's like, okay, we talk about first world problems all the time. There's third world, there's first world. We need to operate in a way that, that people are beneath their potential and help raise them up to potential and raise them up to, to, to imitate Jesus and truly get f set free. Salvation, which is an eternal property. You know, so many people think that um, becoming a Christian 
is actually taking away your freedoms. Well, I won't be able to do this, and I won't be able to do that. But it's really very much the opposite, because when you lay your life down, Christ fills it with such abundance. He has given us abundant life, and that Zoe quality of life, that means that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So it's the very opposite, where people think their freedoms are being taken away if they come to walk with Christ. It is the very opposite. You are totally free. And so I'm just going to add a little bit to what Gary said. Now, again, using the scripture, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If there is an area in your life where you lack freedom, it's very simple. Invite the spirit of the Lord to reign in that area. Look, we all have struggles. There's not a person on the planet that doesn't have something that they have to deal with. Because the enemy is out to rob, kill, and destroy. But we know that where we lay this down and turn it over, God can take all of that and set us free. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And if you invite the freedom that Christ has died for you for into that area of your life, you simply say, Holy Spirit, I need you in this area. He says, when we are weak, he is strong. He's just looking for us to surrender and lay it down at his feet so that he can come and take control of our lives. And every time that the Holy Spirit points something out to me, it's, it's a wonderful freedom. I mean, just here last week in service, God, I felt, and I shared with a couple of you, I felt like God took a, a sword on fire right piercing into me and set me free of something that I wasn't even aware of. And so it doesn't matter how long you're walking with the Lord or how new you are in Christ. He's always looking out for our benefit. And like Gary said, like uh, he just mentioned, he's always looking to raise us up to our potential in him. So we need to ask the spirit of God to come in and help us in those areas where maybe there's addiction or there's sickness, there's despair, depression, any stronghold, which means anything that you feel constrained by, but you know this is not from God. Just ask the spirit of the Lord in to that area. I have so many um, testimonies about my walk with the Lord and how he set me free. And it was him, 100% him, because I laid it down and I said, I invite the spirit of the Lord in to set me free from this. And you know, in these days in which we live, where freedoms are rapidly being taken away, and I know some of the younger generation, they don't even understand that. But those of us who have been around for many decades, we're watching our freedoms in this country being taken away. We need to all the more have that understanding of the freedom within us. It's an internal freedom because it doesn't matter what happens out there. It's what we do to represent Christ in the sphere of influence we have. We're supposed to make a difference in the atmosphere. And so in these last days in which we live in, we have this internal freedom where we can stand strong in the fruit of the Spirit, which Pastor Laurel mentioned, the fruit of the Spirit, and be that witness for Christ everywhere you go. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, I have given you the land. Every place your foot trods, every step you take, I've given you the land. So what does that mean? That means we're supposed to be that representation of Christ every place we go. Every place. And you think, oh man, my own life is upside down. But it doesn't matter because it's the spirit of God in you. 
it's that freedom and that spirit of God in you that will minister. Some of, some of the hardest days I've lived through, some of the hardest times I've had, God has used me to make a difference in someone's life where I, I didn't even have the physical strength, let alone the, that I think I was a spiritual giant to be able to minister to someone. Well, you don't have to be a spiritual giant. You have to know that the freedom that you have in Christ and what he has placed within you is what he will minister out through you. And I just want to leave with this also, this, this message. God has called us to be salt and light. Let me just read this scripture real quick. Am I okay? Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand so it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, we are charged by Jesus to let our light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, it's interesting that Jesus uses the salt and the light because salt is a preservation. They used to, before they had refrigerators or ice boxes or whatever, they used to salt, and that would keep the meat and the, and the food. Well, that's what he likens us in the world it's because those of us who are strong in the Lord, who are walking with God, and when I say strong in the Lord, I'm just talking about have a relationship with him where they're letting him. We're dying to self and rising to Christ every day. We are salt in the earth. If the body of Christ were taken out of the earth, you think things are bad now? And this is scriptural. Things would be horrific. We are a pre preservation in the earth right now because of our walk with God and because of the light that is within us. And so, again, every place you go, it doesn't matter if you feel like a spiritual giant or you feel like, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I can minister today. You are a minister of Christ every place you go. And you can bring freedom in that atmosphere in which you are operating in. You can change atmospheres. You can make a difference. You can be that salt and that pres preservation for morality and a biblical worldview. And you can be that light. What does a light do? A light shines the way. A light overcomes darkness. You can never, never find that darkness overcomes light. It just doesn't. How many have been in a dark, dark room you like to sleep total in, in darkness, but there's a little light creeping in from under the door. Light overtakes darkness, and that's what God is calling us to do. Be salt and light and bring true freedom to those that we come in contact with. I love it. I love it. I'm going to read one more verse, but before I do, it's very simple. We need to raise our expectation. We need to get before the Lord and repent for what's blocking us from him. And I want to read this scripture verse, which pretty much says it all in 2 Corinthians 13, chapter 14 in the ESV. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of Holy Spirit is what brings conviction. It's what brings revelation. 
And so I want to encourage all of us as we stand this morning. Father, we right now, we repent for what's in our lives that's not right with you. Lord, we ask you for your grace and your mercy over this nation. We thank you, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done is our prayer this morning. Father, we ask you to do what only you can do over this nation. Save our land, heal our land. That's our, that's our prayer. That's our cry this morning, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that lost souls would come to know you. Lord, that you're expanding the kingdom, which just means that there's more that are coming to know you. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We thank you. We ask you for that. We pray over the elections of next year. Father, we ask your kingdom come, your will be done. And we submit to you every worry. We submit to you every concern. We submit to you every care. And we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, we thank you in an independent nation for our dependence on you that we would come back to that in Jesus' name. We declare a nation that is not independent but dependent on you in the mighty name of Jesus. As we celebrate our independence as a nation, we declare our dependence on you. If you believe that, would you shout amen? amen. Come on, put your hands together. Would you guys give the pastoral team a wild round of applause? So good to hear from all of you. Pastors Gary, Pastor Cindy, Pastor Kieran, Pastor Laurel. And guys, a special thank you to Julie, who runs our children's ministry, our children's director, who's here this morning. We're going to pick up on the series next week, Hearing from God. I believe that the Lord is really going to move. Can I ask you guys to do your pastor a favor? Call somebody that you don't see here and invite them to come back next week. Invite somebody to just come next week. I believe that there's an encounter with God that we're going to have that we've not seen before next week. I really mean that. Raise your expectation. I believe we have an appointment with God next week. It's going to be good. Come to prayer on Thursday night. Come next Sunday at 1030. Thank you, guys. Have a happy 4th of July. Go see fireworks somewhere. It's going to be amazing. Give the Lord a hand this morning. It's good. Lord, we thank you. And I ask, I just pray Psalms 91 over every person here. Your protection, your grace, and your mercy this week. We thank you that we would have the best week ever. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, we just shout amen. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.